This week's guest is Tyler Smith. Tyler is an accomplished chef who has spent over two decades in the industry. Tyler talks about getting his start in the kitchen and how he eventually started taking his job seriously and viewing it as a career. We discuss how Tyler got his start in foraging at an early age and how this skill and fascination with foraging has stayed with him throughout the years as a means to maintain a healthy balance in life. And we close off talking about the transition from being a member of the kitchen staff to running the kitchen and becoming a mentor. Enjoy the show. Uh, welcome to another episode of the Industry Podcast. My name is Kip Saunders. Dan Serrett is with me as always. What's happening, Dan? I'm uh, just hanging out. Uh, just being terrific as always, man. Yep, just yep. staying terrific. Correct. Correct. Uh, what about you? How things go with you? How's the Christmas season? Christmas season's been good for the bar industry. It's nice to see people back out. So hopefully all these rumors of um, upcoming restrictions are bullshit and we uh, power through this shit and... Uh, Stay the course because yeah. things have been good for a change, and yeah. you would hate to get it yanked back again. But that's true. That's a very good point. Well, we'll see what happens in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, exactly. As long as we get through December, January is going to be shit anyway. So yeah. <laughs> whatever. If they shut us down in January, I can deal with it. But they better not happen that pre New Year's. I actually, seeing as Ford is such a fucking shill for the uh, small business and business owners, then he is probably not going to shut us down before New Year's because he knows that we're going to make money then. Yeah. So he wants to get reelected. I don't know how that's going to happen, but he wants to. Because there's no viable opposition. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's right. Why right. don't you run? Too much. <laughs> <laughs> I got 40 pictures in my phone that yeah. you can already answered that question. Yeah, so there's a lot of shit. I would just be, yeah. <laughs> I'd bring shame to my family. <laughs> bring shame to the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if, if that was possible to do it more. Trust me, it, yeah, it would happen right away. Uh, well, okay, so that's out. Well, I'm glad you made great use of that political science degree. Though. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> terrific. Okay, well, enough about us. We should uh, let you know that we have a great guest with us, as always, on the Industry Podcast, your favorite podcast to listen to. Tyler Smith's going to be joining us in just a minute. Since this is your favorite podcast to listen to, why not subscribe? It's easy to do. You just hit that subscribe button. It takes, what, less than a second. It is pretty easy you to just do. Just punch it. Yeah. Just punch that. Yeah, um, we're not asking for much. Just subscribe to it just so we can... Keep uh, doing it. Yeah, and boost our way up the rankings. Yeah, because eventually Dan's just going to get fucking tired of me. So if we don't start making some money off what, this... What, what do you mean, eventually? <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so subscribe, rate, and review. Rate, rating and reviewing also helps us a lot. And it also doesn't take that much time. Honestly, if you just... He gave us a five-star review and said, I hate this fucking podcast. That still works. Well, <laughs> totally works. Or say, I'm so tired of the sound of fucking Kip's voice. Yep. That works. That That's works. fine. That's what I've been doing for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> Under all my 14 yeah, no, I, I, I get the text. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, also, if you want to be a guest on the show, uh, you should DM us at the Industry Podcast on Instagram or you can email us directly at info at the industry club. Those are the easiest ways to get be a guest on the show if you've got a story to tell about your experience in the service industry. And as always, we love to give out a shout out to Zach Hanna at Zach Hanna Design for all the artwork he does for us. I yeah. actually just was a guest on the Bond Park podcast, and they specifically mentioned how much they love the artwork on our oh, show. Nice. So. Yeah, he's got a website, ZachHanna.com. Uh, as always, links in the show notes to that. All right, so there we go. And without uh, further ado, welcome Tyler Smith. Hi. How's it going? Good, buddy. How are you? I'm good, man. It's good to see you. Last time I saw you, it was at... Uh, the Ethel's staff party at uh, Sugar Run Bar. I, I like to yeah. call it Ethel's Fight Fest 2021. It was a, it was a <laughs> quiet evening. It was a quiet evening. Yeah, a couple cocktails and some charcuterie boards, and everyone everyone went home. Went, happy. Everyone went home happy. Everyone started throwing hands right afterwards. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was great. It was a great time. That's what adults do these days. You know, you leave the Rolling Stones exhibit to go afterwards, and you just have that like mentality that right. it's like. Just Raid a fucking rock just and like roll. Al like Altamont. Yeah. <laughs> just like Altamont. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was just like, I just want to just, just 
go and, and rock and roll, right? So uh, that's I think that was the extent of that party. So yeah, was, it was uh, it was something else. It was so, it was it was something else. But that's how staff parties go. I also noticed though specifically that your staff there has gotten significantly younger. Um, right. and I think that had a lot to do with it because like younger people, a lot of booze, like uh, we, 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 like the staff parties that I go to these days are we tend to have older people working there and yeah. they're a lot tamer. <laughs> yeah, I mean like, and people pace themselves too. Right, because like, you've learned how to drink. Yeah, because people are like, because when people find out there's an open bar, mm-hmm. it's just like game on. Mm-hmm. And then I've learned over, you know, many of like, you know, all-inclusive vacations and you gotta just, you have to pace yourself you want to keep the party going you yeah. know what i mean but like and but uh yeah so this drinking thing is like there's some like it's ex- with experience comes more skill i remember um we used to take all these we used to uh our friend jr our common friend jr yeah. his dad used to own a limo company and so when we would take trips to toronto to see concerts or sporting events we would use his company right we got a good deal and support him and like every time we got like the f- new people in the car, they were just like pounding booze from the get go on the way down. I'm just yeah. like, yeah, come you're, Milton, you're gonna have to piss your pants, and there's gonna be no way to get off. <laughs> so you yeah. learn sort of. <laughs> I remember. Well, we don't need to talk about those. Yeah. Let's move on. <laughs> Let's just move on. So an interesting thing about you, one of many interesting things about you, is yeah. that. Uh, here, let me top you off with a oh, little sorry. Uh, Signal Hill whiskey that uh, I should give a shout out to Andrew out. Daw, who is the first, uh, he's, he hasn't even been a guest yet, but he's about to be a guest on the show, and he sent us a giant care package of Crystal Head Vodka Sing- Signal Hill whiskey, which is actually fucking delicious now that we're drinking it. And um, some t-shirts, some pins. What else was in there? Glassware, pens. I really pens. 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 pens are good. Yeah, very good. Good flow on the yes. pens. Yes, when I'm signing my autograph. Good weights distribution. Yeah. So I gotta say, like, I don't know what all the previous and guests have been doing, but they've been doing it wrong. <laughs> Andrew Dodge. Shout out to Andrew Dodge. You know, little shot glass, little little skull shot glasses. Yeah. I love how you're showing it up, like like yeah, like this, this like is this, a video. This is a, on a video. <laughs> there will be. Yeah, this we is got, an audio show. Nobody can let's see get that. The, let's get the brand out here. <laughs> Make sure the, yeah. they, they catch that. Um, they, yeah. Okay. But what that. I was gonna say is that one of one of our first guests on the show was actually your wife, Jeff yeah. Sharkey, yeah. good friend of ours, and. Um, we like to think the show has drastically improved since that time. Right. So. <laughs> right. That was back, that was pre-pandemic, was it not? Uh, yeah, because that was when we did at Sugar Run in, mm. in person. When you could still, yeah, now we're back doing things in person, so this is great. We'll see how long that lasts. But, yeah, uh, sure. yeah, two more weeks. <laughs> two more weeks. <laughs> two more weeks. So let's talk about you, Tyler. That's what, what do you want to know? Okay, what so you, you have been cooking all over town for as long as I've known you. Yeah. Um, what... Like what? What got you into the back of house game? So, um, so I started. I think I was about eight. I was about nineteen, and I got a job working at a a sports bar, and I had got a little experience on my belt or whatever. But it was at night, and like a lot of people who work in the kitchens, I had a band. So I was sure, you know. (laughs) So we wanted to, in order for us to work doing that, we had to have day jobs or whatever. So I quit that for a couple, about six, seven months. And then somebody gave me a job at a place called Hannah's Bella Bistro, which you've had tons of people on. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I got a job there and they were like, well, you can come be like the day dishwasher. So I got a job being the dishwasher there and then they would slowly work on me being online and and then eventually like I was online a lot and then the band broke up and that was the only other skill I had mm. was doing that. So it was more of an accidental Yeah, I fell into it. Like yeah. like a lot of people do, right? It's it's not right, like, you know. So and then I started uh just working around town. I never ever really stopped working. The yeah. only the only time that I actually had been out of the industry was when the pandemic started. Oh, really? For, and so you know what's yeah. interesting about that too is that everybody sort of 
let's say mid thirties and up that I know who's in the service industry right. still in it sort of accidentally fell into it. Yeah. Whereas now in the younger generation, we've been talking to a bunch of people on the show who are specifically sought it out and went to do it. Like even Abby Rudson, we talked to recently, um, like the, it was their goal to get into it right. type of thing. And like, I don't really feel like that happened as much when I was younger. Like everybody I knew was like doing it as a, stepping stone to doing what they really wanted to do. Yeah, for sure, because I think the one thing that is, that's kind of common is that like, you work at a place that's open, say seven days a week, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And you have a lot of disposable staff and all that, so if you have other things, like you know, you're going to night school, or you're too long over, or whatever it is, um, you have somebody to cover your shift most of the time, or, you know, you, it's pretty easy to book time off, you know right. what I mean? So it's just like, that is the, like, for me, I think that that is the one thing that kind of keeps people locked in, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like, they're like, well, I can go and do these other fun things or whatever because, you know, it's easy to book time off or whatever. And sometimes, a lot of places you're working part-time anyways. Right. You know what I mean? So it's, you know, like, no one's going to miss you. It's not like... You know, I wasn't running a place until, you know, well over 10 years in my career. Mm -hmm. So if I needed, like, you know, you'd be that asshole and be like, I'm going to book New Year's off. Yeah. <laughs> or I'm going to book, you know, I worked the past, like, four Mother's Days. <laughs> I think I'm due. I think I'm due to yeah. book this off. So, you know, I mean, I think that that flexibility definitely helps. I remember so, the um, the day that uh, your wife and I decided we used to work together at Ethel's. Mm -hmm. You should you can check out the episode with Jess Sharkey in the archives. Um, the that we decided that we were never going to work another Saturday of Oktoberfest again, right? <laughs> because someone had like we just it just went fucking sideways. People were throwing glassware at us, and like I remember that yeah. story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember. Like, after a while, you just got to book some shit off. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. I remember like Jess is, has a lot of crazy stories and there's a lot of them are a lot of very heavy things being whizzed by her head working, working at that bar thank god that shit doesn't really happen like, no well, I, I mean like it's i'm sure it happens at bars that i don't go to anymore but right yeah yeah uh, it's just yeah so like at what point like do, do you did you find this like a po point well we should talk about hannah actually before we get to that we should sure. talk about hannah's for a little bit because so much talent went through that place yeah especially locally i mean obviously specifically locally talent like so many people that we know that have been interviewed on this show as well that have gone on to like do great things and locally in the service industry yeah. went through hannah's what do you think it was about that spot that place for me being 20 years old not really knowing i wanted to be a rock star so right like, yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean it was perfect but the the thing about hannah's was every it was just the environment of that place. Like everybody had respect for everybody that worked there, front or back, a house dishwasher or busser or host or whatever. Everybody helped each other out. Everybody, um, you know, respected the front and respected the back and, and all that. There was never any like weird, you know how there's always that weird animosity sometimes, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And like, as an owner, you should know, like you, you never want to have that. No, you know it's like I mean? having a good locker room, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? It's it, 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 it's kind of like that. And Hannah's was, Hannah's was like that. She had this knack of just finding people that were like good people. Mm -hmm. And then the people that were leading those people would invest in them and be like, hey, look, like, we really want... Like, I couldn't tell you the amount of times I should have been fucking fired from that place. <laughs> so many times. I think I, showed, I think I showed up late every Friday lunch for six weeks <laughs> straight. That was awesome. And, it, yeah, and eventually the chef was just like, dude, like, what... I don't want to fire you because I like you and you work really hard. Who was the like, chef then, Nick Benedict? Nick was yeah. the chef then, yeah. yeah. And he definitely uh, invested in me and was just like, look man, like, I know you need to work and I know you want to work, 
So like, how are we gonna how are we gonna make this happen, right? So I remember that was when I first met you, and you definitely were always rolling in with very dark sunglasses. Like yeah, like, you definitely looked like the rock and roll part. Right. Like I remember you had the long hair, you had the dark sunglasses, like a leather jacket. Like you looked like a rock and roller, and I was like, yeah. David, that guy's that guy's probably pretty cool, but he also looks like he's just rolling in. Yeah. <laughs> Every time. Yeah. Right? yeah. That was always the beauty about being in the back too, is that I never had to like be presentable enough to go out and yeah. talk to people or yeah. Have you ever? Had, had, so you're a very personable person. Yeah. That's that's an interesting thing to talk about. Did you ever have the desire to move to the front of the house, or you're always comfortable in the back? I'm always comfortable in the back. Like if I have to go out and say I'm doing like a dinner or something where I have to you know, go out and talk about a dish or, mm -hmm. you know, and kind of work the room a little bit, I'll do it. But I, I just like making an appearance and just be like, okay, thanks for coming and, or whatever. And then, and then heading back. You but know you never I mean? wanted to like, sir? Not, not really. No. Cause you just hear like so many terrible stories. Yeah. A lot of fucking assholes will come to a lot, of asshole, <laughs> a lot of assholes and a lot of people that, and I just, I don't, I I try to see the good in everybody, and I hate getting to that point where you, you you know whether or not you know the person or not, and then you just be like that person's fucking terrible, <laughs> like straight up. Yeah, they're just a terrible person, yeah. and I never ever really want to see that side of people, and I never and I have a I, well, I had a pretty wicked temper that it probably wasn't a good idea. If you had a temper? I, I have a pretty bad. Really? Yeah, I oh, can't yeah. even imagine that. Yeah, I, uh, yeah. I mean, like, you know, working in, working in really busy places, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like, and you just think, you get that Gordon Ramsay, you know, mentality, just like, let's go, like start yelling yeah. at people. And it's just like, yeah, I had a pretty bad temper and a lot of plates getting thrown. And as a dark side of, Dark side of uh, dark side of Tyler. Dark side of Tyler. Yeah. <laughs> dark side of. The I mean, there's Tyler. probably a lot of other factors going in to that. You know, a lot of stress. Well, you're taking shit from your personal life and you bring it to work as well. Well, right? there's that, yeah. and you know, booze and booze and drugs, drugs yeah. and. Mm -hmm. uh, I know. All that. I like. I went. I. I mean, anybody can go back to the archives and listen to my episode. But there was <laughs> where Dan interviewed me. But there was. A stretch for me as well, where it was just like doing too many drugs, staying up too late, yeah. rolling in as a bag of shit every day. It's like, of course, you're automatically in a bad mood. You're not sleeping enough. You're yeah. fucking like, yeah. and then and then the job's stressful. Yeah. So it's like it just takes nothing for you to snap, right? Yeah. It's crazy to think that like that, you know, you get to a certain point in your life. Well, I definitely got to a, a while ago that it's just like, why, why do I? Put myself through this. Right. I'm already in a stressful job. Yeah. And why, why am I just making myself feel like garbage? Yes. And and then dealing with that on top of it, you know what I mean? And like, it's it's just such a crazy rigmarole of like, you know how you feel and how you cope with how much stress is going on in the restaurant industry. And it's yeah. just like it's you just do it because. You know, you worked hard and you deserve the party. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, and like, there, I, you know, there's things I miss about that lifestyle sometimes, where it was yeah. just like, because now it's very much not like that for me. I'm like, I go out to my bars, I like do the owner thing, and like have a couple drinks for sure. But I'm not like blasting rails after work yeah. all night and staying up till six in the morning. Yeah. And it's just like, like that. The whole lifestyle seems so fucking foreign to me now yeah. as I've gotten older. But now, but I also like there's things that were like it, at times it was super fun until it became kind of toxic. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm, <laughs> there's a Maddie, you know, like Maddie Matheson's is all over the place yeah. and whatever. And like, you know, think about what that guy is. Some people will and all that. But like I my one of my favorite quotes is just like, I love you, cocaine. But uh, we can't be friends. We just can't be friends anymore. <laughs> can't be friends anymore. I can't be friends yeah, anymore. It's just, know. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's well put. Yeah. yeah. So uh -huh. it's just, you know, it's it's just, a, yeah, it's a crazy, crazy thing to go through. And, like, it, when you're when you're in the middle of it and you have that culture of everything, you, you know, you have that thought and you're like, am I, am I a drug addict? Am I an alcoholic? Yeah. 
Like, am I, you know, and like the answer it most likely is absolutely. Probably. You know yeah. what I mean? You're, you, you probably. Well, dictionary definition, absolutely. Well, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, the, the 12 step thing, I still am. You know what I mean? Yeah, like <laughs> if we have, like, if you look at the things where they say, are you an alcoholic? Well, if you've had this many drinks in a week, well, of course I do. Yeah, still exa- to this day. Exactly, uh, right? In a week, it's Tuesday, and I already hit that mark. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah. but you look you take a look around at all the people that you're you know hanging out with and like the people that you you know you're spending 14 15 hours a day with yes you know what I mean and then you're going out and then you're bitching about work or you're doing right. this those people become your family mm-hmm. so then you know what I mean you just you're never you never really feel alone in when you're like that much like you know what I mean like you, you know you, you party with certain people and you're always partying with those people and the whole thing is just like it kind of make it kind of has that like that air like oh this is okay like I feel like I'm I'm not that bad because somebody else is like that right you know I mean? yeah that's true and so I think the, the 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 industry is is a big part of that and like you know I, I I there's definitely ways to just have fun and and, and you know, all, all that. And, you know, you don't have to go out every night till six in the morning or whatever. Go okay. have a beer, bitch about yeah. it, fucking go home. I think you know? one of the least talked about, because probably most people don't like to talk about it, but most influential and damaging things that happened to the service industry was cocaine. Yeah. Because, like, it, <laughs> it does. It's just like you're, you're at, I mean, it's late night work. You're yeah. getting off at two in the morning, but you but you're still wired, yeah. and you want to keep the party going, and but it creates this sort of toxicity where like, th- like where everybody's just sort of together doing a bunch of blow after work, drinking a bunch of booze, yeah. bitching about where they work, yeah. and then the next day you come in, you you are a bag of shit. You still remember all those conversations where you were bitching about everything, and next thing you know, it's like it just it's a toxic environment for sure. For sure, my my favorite, not my favorite thing, because I, I look back on some of those days and just like you know, my favorite thing is is the the the, the plans you make with people that you don't. <laughs> you know what we're gonna do, man? Just do it. We're gonna we're just we're gonna go down. And we're gonna see every Cirque du Soleil in Vegas. <laughs> we're gonna go down there and we're gonna see every Cirque du Soleil. Yeah, that sounds like a great plan. Man. We should do, we should definitely do that. We should, we should definitely go. Yeah, yeah. And then the next thing we go. Talking to yeah. John about going to Cirque du Soleil. Like I just met that guy tonight. I met that guy tonight. <laughs> and we're going, we're doing the Vegas thing, and uh, yeah, and there's just so many of those, and you just have that like, fuck me, is this my life? Like, I know. Kind of like. And then you have a lot of those moments, and then, but then when you get older, you are like, okay. You realize actually this doesn't have to be my life anymore. I could probably just stop doing so much cocaine or yeah. stop doing it altogether. I mean, like you get to a certain point and you're like, okay, well, I got because I think that happened for me is that I, I got to a certain point where it was like, okay, like I need to one, I'm only really good at this thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I'm good at doing, you know, being an artist or mm-hmm. or uh, or. Uh, being a musician or whatever, but like I need a career. Mm-hmm. I'm only really kind of good at this thing, so like I kind of gotta take it fucking seriously, man. right? You know what I mean? Like I kind of like, you know, I really enjoy what I do. I love the camaraderie. I love, you know, I love working with my hands. I love food. I love doing all that kind of stuff. And you know, like, yeah. It, it, at one point, I, I just I kind of remember a certain moment. So. This is a little story. I was really fucking up at work. And I was like, I was probably going to lose my job. I was probably going to lose my job. Screwing up. I was on like my final strike. And I was working for Brian McCourt. Really good buddy. Previous guest on the show. Check out the archives. Yeah, yeah. Really good buddy. And uh, he gave me like my last, I think I I was going to be suspended like the next day or something like that. And I pulled him a solid. I worked like 14 hours. Someone didn't come in, whatever. And he's like, okay, look, dude, you did me a solid. I'm, I'm not going to suspend you. But you have to, like, are you going to take this seriously? Like, um, you know what I mean? Like, do you want this? Like, do you want this kind of thing? And then from that point on, I, like, just, I turned around. And I That's a hard out. thing to do, yeah. too. Like, 
because <clears throat> you guys were friends. <clears throat> yeah. But the one thing I know about Brian, because he and I worked together a bunch, and I consider him a good friend as mm-hmm. well, mm-hmm. he um, he has a good ability to, to just, like, turn off the friend thing and turn on the business thing when yeah. he needs to, right? Like, yeah. and just be... But, like, say it in a way like that, like, as your friend, but also your boss. Yeah. Don't make me do this. Yeah. Like, yeah. Exactly. And and I and I got that. You know what I mean. And I and, and I knew that going into like when we worked together. You know what I mean. We were friendly before and and all that. But I knew that he was a really good chef. And mm. you know he started kind of moving up the ranks when we worked at um, the Bauer and worked for the Charcoal Group together. Yeah. Somebody strapped a rocket ship to his ass. Yeah. <laughs> well, exactly. his, his own talent for sure. Yeah. But, for sure. Yeah. But uh, you know what I mean. And and then so like he. He signed me up for uh, doing an apprenticeship and and all that, and then I left there to go work for uh, Nick Benninger for a couple of years, mm-hmm. and then I came back and as a sous chef, and then we worked together again. Um, do, you, do you remember a point where you where you were like, okay, this is what I'm doing now? Like, because you said that you fell into it. Like, yeah. Do you remember the like? Do you can you? Pinpoint a spot where you were like it was that it was that conversation. Oh, it was, it was okay. that conversation that I was kind of like you know, and my wife, who wasn't my wife then, was really supportive and she loved the fact that she was, you know, dating a potential chef and you know her background of come come from the hospitality industry and all that. It was just kind of like this match made in heaven you know what i mean like so she's another one that i like you wouldn't expect that she would have ended up in this industry right like yeah (laughs) yeah and if i don't know how much she talked about it on her first thing but like she's like just like this encyclopedia of well encyclopedia of knowledge period she's a very smart person she's a very smart person but as far as like alcohol is concerned no. She's just like fucking mental, man. Because that's what she decided to dedicate it to. Yeah. But that could have been dedicated to any field. Yeah. And she, I think, flirted with a couple other ones, mm-hmm. right? So, but I mean, this show's not about her, it's about you. So. Right. <laughs> well, I gotta give a shout out to yeah. my wife. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. That was, um, we've already done that fucking show, Jess, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, and thanks for the booze, by the way. Yeah, too, well, also, oh, yeah. yeah. We decided yeah, to say that Jess is now a rep for PMA. We are essentially a fucking chill for PMA at this point on this show. <laughs> right. But she did. Um, uh, Tyler showed up with a couple of bottles of Glenfiddich, Fire and Cane, and uh, the IPA yeah. versions. For Can us. everyone see that? Can everyone yeah. see that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you all see it there? No. But anyway, yeah. well, you don't need to see it. We're going to be tasting it. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, so shout out to Jess. Um, uh, yeah, so like anyway, so that was the moment where you were like, okay, I think this is what I want to do. Yeah, that, that was that was the moment where I was just like, okay, like someone someone is investing in who I am as a, as a person, as a chef, and they're going to take me under their wing, and it's up to me whether or not I'm going to screw it up or not. Right. And I was, you know, I was pretty close, and then from that point on, I just kind of turned it around and, and went from there, so... So, um, the other thing I want to talk about with you is, like, you you are a foodie, for sure. Yeah. And, like, you got into, like, foraging and all this shit, right? Yeah. This is not, this is, like, this is my own personal research, Dan. How do you like that? <laughs> That's wow, from my, for once, for once. <laughs> <laughs> this was not in the bio. <laughs> but I do know that about you. Yeah. Like, that you do go and, like, forage for... Yeah. Shit. Like, that's... So, talk to me a little bit about that, how you got into that. I mean, I... So, growing up... I I don't want to make this a long story. But growing up, um, my grandparents had, like, 50 acres kind of near Sobble Beach uh, off, like, Highway 6 there. And, uh, you know, I would go out and I would pick berries and all that jazz. But, like, a lot of my time was just spent outside, like, either alone or with, like, my brothers or whatever. And we just, like, walk and do this. And, like, it kind of started out as, like, it kind of started as a thing to kind of hustle. I'd go out and pick ramps and then I would sell them to restaurants and all that jazz kind because of, I wasn't making any fucking money so I needed to and I right. didn't know how to sell weed so it was like a side yeah it was like a, kind of like a side thing a right? side hustle but then I got and then I got really into it and realized that I really I really enjoy it and I really enjoy 
the the area that we live in and how diverse it is and you know what I mean like there's it's just something something I really really like like when you know because winters here are tough right mm-hmm. and they're long and yeah. they're shitty I'm just about done with them yeah yeah exactly right? <laughs> well, like, it's still officially fall until the 21st so. that's true so yeah that, that's something that's terrific yes. yeah. <laughs> but it's just something about like when it turns spring and gets warmer mm-hmm. and everything's green again and everyone's a little bit more happy or whatever you know what I mean it, it just it kind of breathes that new life into you because that I've noticed this as a chef is this like there's fucking nothing to really cook you're not inspired during the winter time you're 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 surviving on like is only, that right is it harder it's super hard you can really? only cook root vegetables so many ways after. you can only cook root vegetables so many ways and like I, I really got into canning and all that last or during the pandemic because what the fuck else are you doing? Exactly <laughs> right. So go out to the market and yeah. and uh, you know make relationships with certain farmers and and all that and you know go home and can it and all that and then have that for the winter time like a lot of people you know a lot of Mennonites and Amish people around this town would do right. But anyway, I, the, the the number one thing with the foraging thing was it was just a way for me to go out, and this sounds so corny, but be a part, be one with nature, mm-hmm. and just be by myself. I would I would just think, I would unwind, I would clear my head. You know what I mean? There wouldn't be anybody around. I wouldn't have music or anything like that. I would just like I would just think, and I would think of either dishes or things that are going on in my life or things I need to get done or whatever, you know what I mean? But I I, would, it, there, I I wouldn't have any other influence other than just like being outside and just picking stuff and, you know. And then I became a giant nerd for like how shit grows. Like it just, huh. I just find it so fascinating, you know? It is pretty cool. I have never gotten into that as well, but myself, but like I do see where that would be an interesting thing to get into. Yeah. Like, and I do understand like very much what you're saying about like just needing to get away from shit and like think on your own and yeah. like because that that's a big thing for me now like i've discovered like since i opened the second bar is like a lot of stress a lot of extra stress especially yeah. during the pandemic because yeah. you know i'm the kind of dummy who opens a new bar during a pandemic right and, i mean like uh, what else are you gonna do yeah exactly <laughs> and, uh, so i've like taken to like just taking long walks now i don't i'm not into the foraging as much but like i'll just take a long walk and take a a very large cigar that i know it's going to take a long time to right. smoke and like, right. and like and then plug into music or a podcast or whatever and just clear my head and that and that's a big thing like i, I like all jobs have stress of course yeah, but i sure. think that people think that because we work in the service industry that it's just kind of like you know it's just fun all the time yeah well, they see you yeah. and you're having fun but at the same time like sometimes it is and yeah. sometimes you're doing it because you know that's part of your job right. to show people that you're having fun and enjoying. You know, I can't tell you the amount of times I go to a, like a bar or whatever and I see people like fucking whip ice at each other or coaster at each yeah, other or whatever. Yeah. I'm like, oh, this is a fun place to work. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like, I just I like seeing that. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, exactly. But you do need that time to just kind of like chill. Compress, yeah. yeah. And that's like I I had a really awesome gig, uh, being a chef at a golf course, and uh, it was sweet because like if it was slow or whatever, I had my clubs in my. Oh, you're a golfer. Yeah, I'm a golfer, mm. and I got really into it when I was there because it, I would just you know I would get off and be like, hey, it's slow right now. I'm like, I'm gonna go out golfing, and I go up by myself. There'd be no one out there. Ah, nice. And then oh. I would just. Just you and the ball and... Yeah, and my thoughts, mm. you know what I mean? And just, See, I can get into that kind of golf. Yeah. I, I'm, just, I'm, too, yeah. I'm too competitive to do it with other people, and I suck at it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I would, do it, I would normally do it by myself, and mm. no one would ever believe me, like, if I was, you know, oh, I shot, I broke 90. Yeah. Like, Bullshit, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> you broke 90. But no, Who's, who, who saw it? No, no, yeah. no one was there with 90 me. on the front nine. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. 
So, but I, I got really into into that. And at the same time, like, I, it was like, you know, I'm out. It's the same sort of deal. You're out in nature and, you know, the right. fresh air and all that. You have really good good way of clearing your head that way. You know? mm-hmm. It's just, I don't know. It's it's something, I, don't, I can't explain why it's very important to me, mm-hmm. but it is. You right. know what I mean? So... And then when you do the forging as well, it's not only important to you for like your mental health or whatever, but it's also like, uh, it's also helpful for your actual career. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) I mean... So when you're out there, let me ask you this, because I don't know shit about this, but like when you're out there and you're forging for like mushrooms or whatever the hell it is, like are you thinking about dishes you're going to make with them or... Yeah, I mean, like, some stuff comes across, and, like, obviously, like, with mushrooms, uh, you have to be very careful. Right. And uh, I had a, uh, my best friend in the whole world was very knowledgeable about mushrooms, and he had, oh, man, he had, like, eight acres where he was living before he moved out west, and I would go out there, and we would go for walks, and we would just talk, and it was it was really nice. But you know, he'd be like, "Oh, I found the, this patch of mushrooms, and it tastes like this," and so then your brain kind of gets like working on like, "Oh, yeah, this is really really cool." And then I would like share, you know, but like it's it's so hard it's so hard to do to like frame like like a dish around what you're forging because sometimes you don't find a whole lot because you don't know what you're gonna yeah yeah, sometimes you stumble upon it and like sometimes you go out and you know like over the past like 10 years i've i've figured out okay this is when like fiddleheads come out and this is when ramps come out and this is when morel mushrooms are out and all that so you go out kind of looking and sometimes you strike out and sometimes you hit the jackpot you know what i mean it's more about the experience right yeah, just, yeah exactly but you that's what, what you're doing out there yeah and i just gotta say a quick aside every time you say ramp i'm like i didn't know what a ramp was right except through the one of my favorite artists of all time roy Ayers, because he produced this group called ramp and they like that great song I want to bring daylight, daylight oh, yeah, 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 yeah. in my life. Yeah. And um, gorgeous track. But the the album cover was a ramp. And I didn't know. Really? Yeah. And I didn't know what it was. I thought it was just like a fucking, like, like just like a weird trippy mushroom thing. From oh, that. man. You know I'm going to go down that rabbit hole. Like, why was it a ramp? Like, where are they from? Like this. Oh, yeah. Man. Well, you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> because that, rec- that record is... Yeah, <laughs> Chef's Kiss on mm-hmm. the Roy Ayers. Was the name so the name of the band was Ramp? The name of the band was Ramp. Yeah, and Roy Ayers produced the whole thing. I never, yeah. I never knew that. Mm-hmm. Daylight is also the, the I don't know. This has became a me music podcast somewhere uh, along the line here, but like I mean, it's important, yeah. dude. It's Daylight. Very... Uh, that track specifically was uh, sampled by a track called Quest for uh, can't one of the songs on Midnight Marauders. I should know offhand, but I can't. So, if you're listening, you can figure it out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna go listen to that. Now. Yeah. One question I want to ask for you. I'm gonna flip the script on oh, this one because I like it when I'm you like this. two whiskeys in now. Yeah. <laughs> like when you're in the weeds, what is your favorite music to listen to? Well, like you've known me for a long time, so yeah. you know that I like a like a varying degree of music. Right. Like I'm all over the board. I like all of it, and I like like there's there's maybe one or two micro genres of music that I just can't get into at all. Right. And aside from that, I like everything. But if I'm in the weeds, like I, it depends on what, like so. So in the weeds, that's interesting to say. Like I, I'm really into that. When we're at Sugar Island, we play that '80s boogie disco. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh fuck, that's so good when you're in the weeds. Right. Like, it, it's impossible not to feel happy. Right. Like that. I I might go with that. Yeah. I always find that the the, the you know like you can be in the weeds and obviously you're going to be stressed and kind of feel you know it's. When you're on, you're on, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you're going and, you know, you, your chits are long or you're four deep at the bar or whatever, but everything's, like, working like clockwork. And it's nice, but, like, it, there's those moments where, like, it just, like, if you have certain music that's it playing... Make, it makes all the difference. I remember when I first started working at Ethel's and, the like, we had to play blues all the time. Right. And the only blues CDs, that was back when we still had to play CDs, we didn't right. have the luxury of Spotify, and <laughs> CDs were only 
blues that I like, which is like the like original blues, original like 1930s Mississippi blues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love that music when I'm in the mood for it. Generally not when I'm in the weeds at a fucking bar. Yeah, man. Yeah. Or that really terrible 70s blues rock, like the fucking sort of Robert Cray, Buddy Guy era, which yeah. I just can't get my head around. It's just too... Cheesy? Well, the um, yeah. ones that are doing the brass instruments. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. On, the, on the keyboard? Yeah. Oh, man. No. It's just like, and it's just so bright and yeah. tinny yeah. and all that. I just never got into it. But. I, I I have, like, for me, the funnest services I ever worked, and, like, a lot of them happened at Hannah's, and we would we had, a, like, a, a, a rotation of, like, four CDs, and, like, one was... Uh, so it was ill communication. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, what, what's that one? Jamer- the Jamaic Way album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I forget the other one. But yeah, it was it was. Oh, and check your head. So it was two Beastie Boys albums sure. that we always played. And then like, if we knew we were gonna about to get smoked, and be like, all right, let's throw this on, and then just work through it, and just had it on repeat because it was the same deal. You know what I mean? You work in the back, and you have like that boom box, like a stack of CDs that aren't in booklets. Yeah, yeah. It's just like. Yeah, they're just like the, the actual discs. Like, the discs like stacked up and you're just like going through it like... <laughs> <laughs> Scratching them up so they can't... Scratching them up, you're like, they're like they're hockey cards. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, but yeah. At some point in your career, you move to this situation where you become... You're, you're running the kitchen. So, yeah. like, how did that... Like, did you like that experience? How did it change for you? Like, what, what, like, what was it... How would you describe that that difference in like just like kind of being one of the boys to like moving into like a position of authority? Is that something you enjoyed? Yeah, I enjoyed it because the people that that I learned under, I I really respected because they. I'm going to use this word again. They invested in, in who I who I was as a person enough that I'd be like this guy's going to learn how to cook like I have a feeling like he's gonna pick up on it really well he can he can do it and whatever and I really really enjoy that aspect of being like okay like if you want to come work for me I'll teach you everything I I know about food Mm -hmm. and I love sharing that knowledge and I love you know what I mean like it's one of those things that like you know, I love talking about food. I love talking about alcohol or whatever. I just everything that has to do with the industry. You know what I mean? And so I wanted to. I wanted to be that guy who took some young kid who was a shithead like me, mm-hmm. and and be like, you know, and be like, hey, like, look, man, like, you know, this is how you do this, or how do you make this dish, or you know what I mean, and invest. And like sometimes it has worked, and I've 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 had a couple people that are like that, and sometimes it's people that just don't care. Yeah. Do you I, feel like it's more so the latter than the former these days? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think a lot of people aren't really taking. Invested in it. Yeah, they're not. They're not invested in or whatever, or or they think they know everything about everything. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? And you know, they're like, "Well, I went to you know culinary school mm-hmm. and I graduated and I went to Stratford and like I know all this stuff." Mm-hmm. Like, well, you do, but. You know, from a textbook and right, there's a big difference between yeah. theory and practical. Yeah, exactly, right. And there's a lot of different factors that you can only really get, right. Mm-hmm. And if you're willing to listen to what I have to say about it, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And like, I'll definitely be one of those guys that, like, I, I'll admit if I'm wrong. True. You know, if you have a better way of doing something, absolutely, let's mm-hmm. let's do it. If it's gonna help the team, and it's gonna help the you know, the environment that we're in and, and, you know, everything, let's do it. You know what I mean? Like, there's no, like, I'm that guy, but I, yeah. So to answer your question, like, I just, I, I hated being that guy that was like, you fucked up and, you know, coming down on somebody. I would far rather have been a mentor, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? So it took me a long time to kind of figure out how to do both. Right. You know what I mean? Like, be one of the guys, but also be the boss. It's, and, uh, yeah, it's hard. Yeah. yeah. So, like, I worked at one place within, like, a month of me being there, my entire staff walked out because they just didn't think I had the snuff. 
Really? Yeah. So, huh. yeah. Well, uh, if it makes you feel better, like uh, the one thing I felt like when I moved into the ownership side of it, like yeah. my ability to be one of the guys or one of the staff is gone now. And I definitely miss that, like because, yeah. because I'm very much like, I see it in their faces. Like I'm behind the scenes, I come in and like I'm very clearly in a position of authority over them and I'm not in the trenches with them anymore. Like they yeah. don't see me that way. It's just like, like yeah. there's like a, oh, I just did a video thing more on a, but it's like, it's almost, <laughs> right. yeah, but it's almost like there's like Is a, it just like, oh, that asshole again. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> like, I, like I think that most of my staff likes me okay, but it's just like. No, no, it, they don't. <laughs> from experience. Yeah. No chance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's a weird thing. It's like you're, you like you're not part of the when you step over that Rubicon. It's like you're not part of the camaraderie of it anymore. Yeah. And I do 100% miss that. But at least you're in a position still where you're like you're part of the team, yeah. but in a position of authority. But that's also a, 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 a tough sort of tightrope to walk sometimes. Yeah, I mean, like, I... And I think that's why, like, I've... I, it is a tightrope to walk. But I, I enjoy... You know, when I when I was a chef and I, I wasn't really working on the line or, or doing anything like that, and I missed it a lot. I missed being in the mm-hmm. weeds, missed digging it out with the guys, yeah. being like, come on, let's go, let's go. We got everything. We can do this. You know what I mean? Being that leader and, and, and hyping them up, you know what I mean? But I, I miss it. So, like, I think that's kind of what, like, brought me to, like, where I'm at now working at Ethel's. That, that's where I'm at right now mm. is, is working at Ethel's is because I wanted to be back and one, of the, guys, one yeah. of the guys. And, you know what I mean? Everybody kind of pulls their the same weight there. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just, it's, I, I just really missed that. That and like, yeah, I just, yeah, I just, I, 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 I miss being one of the guys and I hated, not that I hated coming down on, on people. Cause I, I honestly do miss that. Not coming down on people, but, <laughs> yeah. but being in charge and being like, you know, you see something and you're just like, okay, I gotta, you gotta you know, correct that. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? So do you, uh, so uh, we we're we're about to run long, but like I will say, uh, we the one thing we wanted to talk about was the notion of like benefits for people in the service yeah. industry. So let's just touch on that quickly yeah. before we let you go. But like, what what's your like what's your opinion on that? Like, I, I, I am somebody who gives benefits to my staff, so right. um, I see the importance of it. It's a very and I'll tell you this from the ownership perspective, it's not that much money per month to do something like right, that yeah. for your staff. Yeah. And it's like ultra valuable to your actual staff. I mean, I think right now the big thing is is everybody knows that you can't afford to pay your staff really, really well. Right. You know what I mean? I think like the margins are super thin and, and everything that goes on with that and and all that. But People are okay with making that money, you know, because they can they can uh, they can budget it out, and you know they can figure it all out. But when something like you know, you get sick, or you have a crazy cavity, or you have to have a tooth pulled, or you can't, you, you know, I mean, you can't afford antibiotics because you're sick or whatever, you know what I mean? Like that is not being able to afford that. I feel is just is it it breaks my heart, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it just you know, and. You're right. Like it, it, I, I don't know how I don't know how expensive it is. It's not that much. I, well, I just I, it, it seems like it seems like it's a lot. Mm. It's, it seems like it's a lot for people to do that. And there's got to be some way because like if there was if you had employees or that you went to them and you're like, hey man, if you put in twenty bucks a month off your paycheck, and you get you know you know, 50% off your dental. I don't know what it is. You know what I mean? Because I never really had it. You know, then people are more than willing to do it. But I think we're at a point now where people, they've accepted what they're getting paid and a lot of people have left the industry. And I think the only thing that's really going to bring people back is if you offer, if you get on board with the rest <laughs> of like just the workforce in general mm-hmm. of offering benefits. This is the only industry I can think of where you work, you're, fucking ass off and you get 
one, treat like shit from on the customer side of things. Right. And he ends, you know, you get, think about people that work for Rogers. Like they get fucking oh. screamed at. I yell at them every week. There you go. <laughs> I, I was one of those people. Well, exactly. You yell at Rogers all the time and they get shit on all the time. Mm. Their benefits package is amazing. Yeah, it was good. You know what I mean? But it's what it was it's what keeps you in the fucking cubicle. Yeah. Like, exactly. Like, like exactly. At the end of the day. So you know, I don't know, like if we want to close this out. This yeah. is in my podcast. I don't know why I'm trying to do this. <laughs> do it. Do it. Bring it home. But I think if we really want to keep people in this industry, you have to start offering them stuff that makes them feel like they're a, a, a person again. Like you know? valued. Yeah, they're valued, which they are, because we, yeah. we have tons of skill and we have tons of knowledge. Yeah. And a lot of that skill and knowledge that we want to share it with people, but like if we don't have stuff that's going to keep us surviving on a day-to-day level, then we're not going to be here for very long. And it's sad to say, though, man. Like it just. No, it, but that's, that is a good way to end it, and I think that like it's you're bringing up an important point. Like we do need to start. Like that seems like it's just such a small thing. And like coming from the ownership perspective now, I know how much it costs to give people like eighty percent benefits on a bunch of things for a year. Now, obviously, it doesn't last forever, but you get like a year's worth, like this many visits to here, this many visits to there. Yeah. Like it's a massive financial relief for the people who are working for you, and it's not that big a financial burden for the people who are providing it. So if, if we can go out on that note, that maybe if anyone's listening and in a position to do something about it, that's a good thing to do for yourself. I, w- I do want to add before we go yeah. is that if people are looking at menu prices and they're realizing that like things are, have gone up and all that, it's because people are realizing that they do need to pay for benefits for the people that work mm-hmm. there. And they have to pay for them somehow. Right. And that's... You know, if you care about the place that you go to and you care about the people that work there, understand that and understand why prices are the way they are. Because the only way that people are going to survive like that, that are working in this industry, are the people that are coming to the place. And that is the number one thing. And if those people understand that, then we can keep fucking moving forward. So anyway. Thanks, Tyler. That was great. That was a great episode. It was so good to catch up with you. Thanks, buddy. This was fun. Yeah. This was fun. Thanks very much, man. Yeah, Yeah, man. Cheers.